Hello there. This is the Crunchy Christian Podcast, a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network. I am a master herbalist, aromatherapist, author, speaker, blogger, and veteran homeschooling mama of four. You can learn more about how I can equip you to pursue God's best naturally at my website, julienaturally.com. And now, today's show. Hey, everybody, it's Julie, and welcome to the Crunchy Christian Podcast, where we talk about all things green and growing that God gave us. Today, we are continuing our Women's Health Series, and I just want to give you a little warning because we're going to get kind of personal today, and you might not want the kiddos to hear this one, okay? Because, you know, we're going to be talking about yeast infections, so put on your headphones or wait till the kids are in bed or something like that. There may be a little bit here that your husband uh, needs to hear too. So um, let's get into it because let's face it, women, most women have had a yeast infection at some point in their lives. Um, And sometimes we even see some yeast type infections in terms of thrush uh, with small children. Uh, So this is an important podcast that can help you identify how you can prevent yeast infections from happening in the first place and some natural alternatives that you might like to explore, especially if you experience allergies or reactions to some of the typical over-the-counter medications that are available, which are pretty effective usually, but sometimes our bodies don't react so well to those and we may need to try something else. And, of course, we want to know how to prevent that from happening in the first place because it's so uncomfortable, so uncomfortable and embarrassing. So let's get into it. I just want to remind you, in the show notes, there is a link to a, uh, an email series that you can uh, sign up for where you can learn about 10 different herbs that are really great for women's health. And you'll just get, you'll hear about one each day. So make sure you check that out in the show notes. So let's talk about yeast. One thing that's really important to understand about preventing yeast infections is to understand that everyone has yeast in their bodies. We're supposed to have yeast in our bodies, but it's supposed to live in a relationship with the bacteria and other things that live in us also. So um, if you didn't know, our mouths, intestines, and all our private parts down there all naturally have an ecosystem of bacteria and yeast that keep each other in check and compete for space and resources. So um, we need the yeast to be there. But we don't need it to be there in excessive amounts. And when it overgrows because of some of the imbalances that can happen, it can really wreak havoc and be very uncomfortable. So the areas that I mentioned are all our whole internal tract there, um, the internal tube, as it were. Uh, it, it's naturally acidic. 
And the acidic environment keeps the yeast in check. And some of that is produced by the lactobacilli that live there. Those lactobacilli give off a slightly acidic uh, waste product that's supposed to be there that helps to keep that environment acidic. Plus, your entire digestive tract, especially your stomach, of course, releases its own acids. So you may get a little confused about that because there's always this emphasis on the alkaline diet and alkalizing the blood and things like that. Well, different aspects of your body have a natural pH. So your digestive tract and your private parts down there have a natural acidic pH, where other parts of your body are supposed to have a natural alkaline pH. Uh, And that is important to your health. So, but... There are some things that can change that pH. And it's really interesting how something as subtle as an acid, acidic environment or an alkaline environment, how something so subtle can have such a dramatic effect on our bodies. So a change in pH to something that's more alkaline can encourage the yeast to migrate and become a problem. So can migrate into your vaginal tract and um, sometimes it can become it can overgrow then and start to release waste that then can enter your blood bloodstream and that's how you can get the candida reaction as well um, and have a candida overgrowth problem and have those nasty symptoms that we call you know candida but the candida is albicans is the yeast that naturally occurs in your body. So another thing to keep in mind is that yeast eat sugar. That's how you can make breads and that's how yeasts and fungi live on plant roots. Yeasts are a fungus and fungus in general are organisms that eat sugars and they decompose living matter that is dead. So if you have a lot of undigested food in your digestive tract because you're constipated and maybe you're eating things that you don't digest well, you can have an issue with yeast that can cause a sort of feeding of the yeast. If you have a high sugar diet, you can be feeding the yeast. So if you have those kinds of things combined with the pH, that's where some of the problems really come from. So you're, I'm sure you're familiar with the symptoms of a yeast infection, but it's very important to distinguish between yeast infections and bacterial infections, which have a little bit different symptoms. And so if you're not really sure if it's a yeast infection, Um, Because some of the symptoms are similar, burning, itching, uh, soreness, redness, um, those kinds of things are similar. Uh, Discharge is different, looks different. But those other things are similar, and so sometimes we may mistake one for the other. If you're not really sure because maybe you've never had this problem before or it's been a really long time, it's important to make sure that you get that diagnosed because... Bacterial infection needs to be treated differently, and it can become more serious. These kinds of infections can lead to infertility if they're not treated. So that is really important to make sure uh, you've got 
the right diagnosis. So how do we get these yeast infections? So I already kind of hinted at that by talking about the natural environment for the yeast and the fact that if the pH changes, that affects the yeast and your diet and things like that. So, well, one of the ways that the pH can change is through the use of antibiotics. Whenever we have a, a round of antibiotics, it doesn't just kill the bad bacteria, but it also kills all those good bacteria too. You might have heard that before. But those good bacteria are what help to keep things in check. They're actually a vital role in your immune system, really. And, um, and they also play a vital role in producing certain neurotransmitter hormone type chemicals in your body. And they also play a role in producing certain vitamins that your body needs. So we really, we really need those lactobacilli healthy bacteria in there and the whole ecosystem around those because there's many different strains of healthy bacteria that we need. But sometimes antibiotics are really necessary and um, we need to keep that in mind that we can get yeast infections from that. That is one of the main ways that people get yeast infections is after a round of antibiotics. But diabetics are also more vulnerable because of the sugar aspect of yeast. But here's some other ones that you might not have heard before. So women on birth control are also prone to yeast infections because birth control changes the pH of, of the vaginal tract and also certain other medications that you may be taking. Uh, you need to check with your doctor on those, but there are certain, certain pharmaceuticals that can have that effect. Pregnancy, of course, tampons, those can also have an effect on the pH and Believe it or not, men can get yeast infections too. So, and they don't show any symptoms. So if your husband has been on a round of antibiotics, he could have a yeast infection and not know it and pass that to you. And um, so if you're getting a lot of chronic yeast infections, like you got rid of it and then you get it right back again, that is something to think about and you should both be treated at the same time because that is one way to keep getting them back. Chronic stress can also cause yeast infections. Usually it's not just one of these factors, but um, it's multiple things at the same time. I already mentioned the sugar diet. Another surprising cause of yeast infections can be allergies and nutritional deficiencies because there are certain nutrients in your body, certain vitamins and minerals that can help keep those uh, candida in check also. So, um, but usually not one of those things, except perhaps diabetes and antibiotic use cause yeast infections. Usually it's a combination of those things um, with the exception of, of those. So the first line of defense is prevention, of course. And if you have to have antibiotics um, or if you are diabetic, keep that in mind that you need to be really careful and you need to be doing things to help yourself 
help prevent yourself from getting those yeast infections. So having a low sugar anti-inflammatory diet that's full of good fats and lots of fruits and vegetables, high in protein uh, is very good. And just you might consider switching menstrual products. Your first line of defense should be, of course, nutritional. So those are some things to do and having that understanding of how yeast live and spread and sort of a little bit of knowledge about what they are um, can really help you as you're thinking about what you can do naturally. There are some things that you can do with food and supplements that they don't necessarily kill the yeast, but they do inhibit its growth and so they keep it from spreading and also strengthen your immune system. So, and they encourage the good bacteria to grow, which also then can change the pH in your system, in your gut and your vaginal areas. And they, they compete for resources, as I mentioned before. When you strengthen your immune system, it makes it harder for the yeast to grow and spread. And your immune system is then able to help keep that in check uh, and take care of any toxins that may be released into your bloodstream as a result of the overgrowth. So here are some food and supplements that can help. So biotin and other B vitamins, those are an essential part of both brain health and your immune health and a lot of other things. And those are sort of intertwined with the back, the lactobacteria. So you have vitamin C, vitamin A, of course, those are also an important part of the immune function. Colostrum, if you don't know what colostrum is, uh, humans produce that. It's the first milk that we produce when we are lactating before the quote-unquote real milk comes in. It's very, very nutritious, but they also sell it as bovine colostrum. So you can get the colostrum from cows, and um, that's also very, very helpful, and it inhibits yeast growth as well. Just like human milk contains lots of antibodies and vitamins and all the things that our babies need, uh, well, that's true for all other creatures also. So we can use theirs to help us. Uh, probiotics, of course, uh, in the capsules, make sure they're the delayed kind so that they don't release the probiotics too soon and then they're just destroyed in the stomach. We want the ones that are don't release until they get to the intestine. You can use those as a kind of vaginal suppository to get those probiotics where they need to be to help you out. Using yogurt, uh, eating yogurt on a regular basis, as well as lacto-fermented foods. The lacto-fermented is really important because, you know, it's not enough to just be fermented, like just buying pickles, like Klassen pickles or something, um, or uh, the sauerkraut in the, in the jar at the grocery store. Those are vinegar fermented and that's not going to have the same effect as something that is lacto fermented. And there is a link in the show notes about that because those are going to have live bacteria in them that will 
uh, work along with the probiotics and yogurt to help you with reestablishing the correct kind of ecosystem in your body. Apple cider vinegar can be helpful. Uh, It's not as helpful as the other things, but it does have a lot of health benefits. And cranberry, but a lot of people get that wrong with the cranberry juice because most of the cranberry juice at the store is sweetened. And cranberry only really helps with changing the pH in the body if it's unsweetened. And of course, that makes it really sour and not very, it's not very tasty. If you want, get the unsweetened kind uh, that and then sweeten it up with a little bit of honey, raw honey, and that is better. But uh, it really works best if it's unsweetened cranberry. Now let's talk a little bit about some herbs and essential oils that help with yeast because they are antifungal and because they boost the immune system. So um, if you're doing the other things, that's an essential part. Remember, whenever we use natural means of helping our health and wellness, we want to make sure that it is a whole body integrated approach. You, do, you can't just do one thing. Uh, it really needs to be a multi-pronged effort if it's going to be successful. Herbs and oils have been known to have antifungal properties. So we have garlic, of course, and garlic can also be used as a vaginal suppository. And I, I'm not going to tell you about how to do that right now, but uh, that that is a use, you, or you can ingest it. Of course, I mean, it it's a food, so um, you can use garlic. Uh, some other ones, powdarko, golden seal, echinacea, and then um, a couple, there's uh, three essential oils that can be helpful, but I just want to warn you about essential oils. We're talking about really delicate, sensitive areas of our bodies. And essential oils are very powerful, concentrated medicine. And uh, if you are not very careful, you can really hurt yourself because they do have the potential to burn if you're not using the right oils or if you're using cheap oils. If you're going to use oils, I recommend, I I seriously very strongly recommend that you get the highest quality oils. They need to be high quality organic oils. Do not get these at the grocery store. Those are not high quality oils. Usually uh, high quality oils are the expensive ones, I'm sorry to say, but um, those are going to be not only the ones that will actually help, but they're also not going to injure you. So the ones that are the most soothing and gentle and therapeutic are tea tree oil, lavender oil, and Roman chamomile oil. And Roman chamomile is is very good, but it's also an expensive oil. So just um, keep that in mind. I recommend that food and herb-based things uh, used as a douche or suppository type method. That's how people usually use those things. You know, you want to get the medicine right on the place where it's needed the most. And you could also take it 
uh, as a tea, those kinds of things. Herbs that also help with itching and are immune boosting and also very soothing are calendula, chamomile, marshmallow root, and aloe vera gel. And again, with the aloe vera, very often it's contaminated with uh, some fake type ingredients uh, that you don't you would not want to be putting on your sensitive parts. So you want to be careful about what is actually in that bottle of aloe vera. Um, those are the things that are antifungal and immune, immune boosting and um, have been used historically uh, for fighting yeast and have been shown by research to be effective. They're also very gentle and generally have no side effects. Keep those in mind when you're thinking about your natural remedies for yeast infections. And be sure to check out the 10 Herbs for Women's Health email uh, opt-in that is free, that is in the show notes. And uh, so, so you can get a series of 10 and what they're good for and think about incorporating those into your household. Uh, you can follow me on Facebook at Julie Naturally or on Instagram at julie.naturally. And I am so happy to have brought you this information today. You guys have a great week and God bless. Thank you for listening to my podcast. Show notes for today's broadcast can be found at crunchychristianpodcast.com. Hit the subscribe button now so you can join me next week. Until then, remember all you need is God, people, and growing things. God bless. God bless.